Welcome to the Leverage to Scale show. I'm Amber Vilhauer, founder and CEO of LeverageToScale.com, brought to you by NGNG Enterprises, standing for No Guts, No Glory. We work with purpose-driven business owners to develop their online platform and scale their influence. We believe that you have the opportunity to positively change the world one relationship at a time. Stick around to the end of the show in about 20 minutes and I'll reveal how you can be our next guest on one of the fastest growing marketing podcasts. Let's go. Welcome Leverage to Scale listeners. I'm your host for this episode. I'm Dan and joining me today is an, an entrepreneur who is the who is an entrepreneur in many senses, but I'm really interested to hear how being a comedian is an entrepreneur. I'm going to ask you that here in a minute, Law. Uh, the president of the Florida Market of Marketing Department Inc. is Law Smith. Law, welcome to the show. Yeah, uh, thanks for having me. Uh, this is exciting. So we're doing it via Zoom. I, are, so I, I got to remember to awesome, right? I got to remember to listen because it's one of those things where you got to go. I'm going to say a bunch of stuff, then ask a question, then it's that little that little thing that kind of makes it a stilted convo. But I think we're all getting better at it. As long as I don't have my face up like this, like <laughs> every Zoom meeting and then, you right. know, like a dad bod executive yes. that's out of it. I don't know how yeah. many of those you've had to do. And how, and how hard is that really? I mean, seriously, there's a camera right there. It's not that anyway. There's a I'm whole obs- thing there. I'm obsessed with, I, I think business and comedy are, I think I'm obsessed with psychology and just how checked out a lot of people are. Mm. Uh, you know, the basis of both really, uh, of th- things I really love. And, uh, um, you know, I, my favorite thing is just spatial awareness. And when people are just totally checked out and <laughs> yeah. people that walk in a gas station on their speaker phone, having a whole conversation, like, uh, I yeah. don't know if you have Wawa's where you're at, but like the ones that had the nice, like you can get like good food at a gas station or whatever, yeah. there's 40 yeah, people in there milling around and just people just have a whole conversation for everybody here. I'm always amazed. Like the human condition is always amazing. So it, it really is. And so you're a student of that because you are a student of comedy. Uh, yeah. You call yourself a semi-professional comedian, but you're also in this business and marketing world. Uh, tell me a little bit about how you got to where you are and how the kind of people that you serve through your professional entrepreneurial world. So, um, so I, I have a strange background in the sense that, uh, you know, if I talk about one thing or the other, Clearly, the day job is always there, but it doesn't mean I couldn't do the night job. I just, I was uh, a road comic for a while. Uh, I've been doing it about 10 years professionally, I would say. Like, you're getting paid to do gigs, a lot of opening for people doing some small headlining gigs. Uh, but, you know, I didn't have TV credits or any of that stuff. I wasn't on a show, no movie or any of that. Um, but I always had this kind of like, I tried to keep those two worlds separate. And I always had a day job and I always like work my ass off during the day so that I could do this kind of thing I, I really love. But just doing stand up alone at night, the moonlighting career kind of made me miserable. And I found like, I, I really, I, I guess I'm one of those people that I don't like saying workaholic, but I think I, I get a, a big satisfaction out of, you know, look at all these things I can do, look at how multifaceted I can be. I'm not a, the best multitasker, I think. That could be a ruse, yeah. but I can, I'm good at like checking stuff off a punch list. Okay, here's an hour I got to spend and just write. Here's an hour I got to sit down and just do this. I'll come back to these things. So I, I think, uh, 
you know, my, my path, I worked in a mutual fund company where one of my bosses was Nobel Prize winner in economics. That was my first job out at Auburn when I graduated in 06. Uh, talk about a little intimidating. Yeah, like, I was a seriously. I was a, I was a grunt at a mutual fund company um, that I could have gone down that path and been a CFP. Yeah. And uh, I had I worked in an office of like twenty bros that thought they were on Wall Street. But mutual funds, for those that don't know, are, it's like the the risky the riskiest like boring thing you can invest in basically. Nice. Yeah. Um, and you know we they hired rocket scientists and. I was surrounded by like just a lot of intelligent go getting people awesome. and um, yeah, but I'm glad I didn't go down that route. I would have moved to Austin where their office is now. And I, I think I would have been pretty miserable because yeah. that, uh, the office, that office life is no, it's, it's tough. Yeah. Well, and I mean, as we're experiencing right now in 2020, there really is no office life. So this is all right. You've been preparing yeah. for this your whole life. No. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I'm a hired gun for uh, the marketing department now after having my own agency for five years. And I, I like it better, but I still feel entrepreneurial much like any, anybody that works in an agency, the agency model is really, you know, to be entrepreneurial, but you benefit from the, from the economies of scale of the, the hub of the business, right. Or yeah. the brand. Sure. Um, and so, I, I don't agent, you know, running a, uh, an agency that was primarily digital. There's a lot of them out there that are legit. There's, or I mean, not that many that are legit. And then there's a lot that are just freelancers pretending to be one. And I, yeah. I think I, I, I like being more in this hired gun position uh, yeah. and bringing that experience to the table. Right on. I also want to know what you like better, uh, headlining or opening for a bigger act? Depends, man. It, yeah. it depends when, uh, <laughs> depends on like the venue, the show, who you're with, like being a feature is awesome. That's, that's the opening guy. Usually typical shows, they'll have an MC, a host, they'll do 10 minutes. You might have someone in between the, the host and feature that'll do like 10 minutes, maybe five minutes as a guest set. And then you have a feature that'll do anywhere from 20 to 35 minutes. And the feature spot's pretty sweet because you can really tighten up it's like the pressure's not really on you that much. Uh, and you can just really work on this chunk of material and refine it. And you know, if no, the problem is no one's there to see you and no one remembers you, even if you're really good a lot of the time. Sure. I always said like, this is like the marketing brain of me. I always was like, why don't the clubs just put like a little light behind a little backlight that just has the person's name there you know, cause a lot of, a lot of comedy clubs, you go see a headliner and you got a free ticket because the comedy club model is like, you're essentially selling drinks, right? The tickets, right. So you want a lot of free tickets to shows and you know, they're really just trying to get you messed up. That's why a two drink minimum exists. I would say yeah. featuring's awesome. If you can do it with someone who's really good and fun and you don't have to worry about it. Uh, if you're, but headliner, it's its own thing where I want to do my own album. I'm going to probably have to produce it and tighten up an hour. I'll just, I'm going to open source it to YouTube because that seems to be the thing to do now. Yeah. And how, how entrepreneurial is the, the world of entertainment, maybe specifically stand-up? Cause that sounds yeah. like you already, like you have to do your thing. Yeah. I mean, you, uh, it's, it's strange for guys, for comedians. There's not a lot of, uh, there's varying personalities. I'd say the one big thing is we're all a little self-destructive and I, I would say the same thing is said by 
the entrepreneurial community, you know, people I, I talk to on the regular, uh, I would say there's a, you have to have a little bit of risk. You got to be a little crazy too. You know, um, yeah. I've heard someone say to do stand up in the beginning, you have to be a little nuts and have delusions of grandeur because you're terrible, but you think you're like, <laughs> okay, I'm getting better. And same thing when you run your own business, like the first time around or, you know, a couple of things where you're like, if it's, if it's definitely a weird idea too, you have to be like, I need to know that I, I'm sane and this is the right thing. Um, yeah. I would say the game's between your ears, just much like golf for both. And uh, it, it's an obsession thing. I think you have to be obsessed with both, whatever you're gotcha. doing professionally, whatever you're doing uh, stand-up wise. I, as far as entertainment, I don't do anything else except the, the podcast we do, which is Sweat Equity. And that's, that's a marriage of both worlds. Kind of thing. Yeah. So, so I love that idea of a marriage of both worlds. I saw you uh, put out in the universe, this idea that um, sweat equity is the number one business comedy show because there really aren't any other than yours yeah. or very many anyway. So that's, yeah. that's great. So how do you, so like, so, so between the, the show and combining those things or the, your entrepreneurial spirit, the, the job that you do every day, your day job, how does all of that tie together into your why? So what's like, what's your why and how does all that come together into that? Um, on a professional level, my thing was always like, I love being able to go, okay, when we first talked in a discovery meeting or when you called me freaking out, you were here and I was like hamburger helper and got you to here, right? Okay. Where do you yeah. want it to be? Um, uh, you know, I, I have a proclivity for the digital side of a lot of marketing things, but I'm also good on the traditional because I'm 36, I'm right in that zone where I kind of grew up as the internet, the modern internet is kind of evolving. So it's like, I still had to do all the old school stuff, learn business planning, yeah. write business plans, all that stuff. Uh, and so I always look at it, that's an integrated approach over there. At the same time, uh, I, I now kind of leverage a little bit of the standup stuff uh, to go, hey, um, you know, I, I'll tell, I used to not tell anybody I, I did stand up because they usually say something, you know, <laughs> droll. They'd be like, you haven't been funny the whole time. I'm like, you haven't paid me to tell jokes to you one-to-one. -one. And it doesn't really work like that. Uh, right. You know, like when my, my, my best friends know that if we're at like a cocktail party or something and they, they know to set me up to, to almost like lose it because they go, Oh, well, Lala's over here is a comedian. I'm like, ah, because yeah. someone's going to go, oh, tell me a joke. And you're like, I don't really work that way kind of thing. Like, you just got to kind of see me on stage. And then it's like a total bummer for them. Oh, yeah. Uh, and it's just like, um, sorry, I don't know what to tell you. I'm probably not like your favorite comedian. I'll tell you that. <laughs> well, it's like, hey, uh, this guy's a doctor. Oh, can you show me a surgery then? Because you're not being very surgical right now. But I'm not I've, tried, I, I've tried to use that as a metaphor, but you know, like the dermatologist thing, those guys get hit up at parties. They're like, Hey, yeah. I got something right here. And you're like, <laughs> you know, they'll, they'll get questions right there and check your pulse and stuff. Mine's like, I'll, I, I really, honestly, I'll try to spin it back to them and ask them questions. I'm much better conversationally, I think. Uh, yeah. But it's one of those things where I tell, you know, prospective clients, we, I work with a lot of B2B, small to medium businesses, uh, kind of all the unsexy industries, 
manufacturing, supply chain management, uh, you know, medical device companies, those kind of things uh, that are, those companies that are looking for growth. But, you know, if you don't know me, uh, a lot of the time, that first discovery meeting, intro meeting will do, I, I try to weave it in there because I found out when I had my own agency for five years before this, uh, that if I told people off the bat, it kind of skipped a lot of pleasantries and we got right to it, right? They immediately trust me to, to they'll say the wildest stuff because entrepreneurship's isolating. It's lonely. Same with stand-up. They're both very, uh, very, um, you know, even your spouse, even if it's a mom and pop thing you're doing, your spouse and your partners with your spouse, they still don't really get it a lot of the time. Uh, yeah. You have a partnership, the other partner, 50-50 partnerships don't work for a reason a lot of the time because it's really hard to to have a good balance of empathy and ego and uh, mm-hmm. you know stay proactive there. A balance of empathy and ego. That's good. Mm-hmm. Um, so you mentioned isolating and you also mentioned law that you had your own agency. You're still entrepreneurial. Obviously the comedy side of it's entrepreneurial. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there's gotta be some hard moments over this journey. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Share one of those hard moments with me. If you would, one of those biggest challenges that you faced. I mean, uh, how long is this podcast? <laughs> uh, I fail a lot. That's what we talk about that a lot on, on sweat equity is failure's good. It feels flaccid, but it's good. It's, it's one of those things that, um, you know, learn from failure. Everybody kind of hears that, but you really got to kind of assess yourself that way. So I'll, I'll give you cliff notes because these all can kind of, I can get on tangent highway about everything the last like three years, but uh, I officially just became divorced about 10 days ago. Uh, you know, was in a marriage where the ex didn't understand what I did and tried to get in the way a lot of the time. Um, for other reasons. I thought I was messing up. I was being so hard on myself. We had a one, I have a now three-year-old boy, two-year-old girl that are about to be three and four, maybe when this comes out. Um, you know, we we tried to sell our house uh, at one of the worst times. If you look up Tampa, if you look up Tampa's Seminole Heights serial killer, uh, there was a dude that was going around murdering people but in a different neighborhood that's in the same neighborhood, there's a big highway that cuts it across. So like one side sucks, the other's hipster <laughs> cute houses that we were in. So yeah. that guy cost me about 35 grand. Um, and then uh, what else? Uh, uh, you know, I got uh, the, a lot of debt before the divorce finalized. What yeah. else? Oh, oh, oh. And uh, my family did an intervention on me, a mental health intervention on me per all the info my ex was giving them, uh, which was not true. Wow. So did a mental health uh, evaluation. I'm clear. I will send it to anybody that's listening that doesn't believe me. <laughs> that so, is the quickest. That's the quickest way I can kind of talk about the last couple of years. So. Yeah. And, and like, I'm, I'm laughing because oh, it and just the, sounds the, ridiculous. Oh, I forgot the part where the business, my agency failed because my mental, my mental capacity was uh, in the dumps so bad that I just was like, I don't care anymore. And yeah. so uh, luckily my co-host on our podcast, uh, Eric Redinger, um, you know, 
he, he also worked at the agency. I kind of taught him a bunch of stuff and then he became really skilled. And so we had this, you know, weird working relationship, but we worked really well together, but he was coming in, sleeping in my office half the time. And he was like, you got to get it together. <laughs> and, uh, and a lot of other people that I, I let a lot of freelancers use our office and they would come in and kind of, you know, uh, I tried to lean on the hundred friends uh, or so uh, of sorts to kind of help me get out of the dearth mm-hmm. and um, felt like dark Knight rises that prison in the middle of the desert. Yeah. If you're familiar. And so mentally that's where I was at was pretty mm. depressed. And then, you know, it's been a 10 steps forward, seven back kind of trajectory out of that. So so, I mean, in all seriousness, like that's, I mean, that's a lot. You kept saying, what else? I'm like, there's, there's more, like that's a lot. And so as, as you hit those rock bottoms, like, and you face those challenges, you said you, you relied on the, 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 the hundred friends kind of a thing. You pull yourself up by, by your bootstraps, but what else, like, how do you overcome those challenges when your personal life affects your business so much and it's all tied together? Um, I don't, there's no, just like, um, just like when you're doing marketing strategies for someone, there's no silver bullet for that. Mm. It's really an amalgam of a lot of things. I will say, you know, I lost my sense of identity uh, and who I was. Uh, one thing that was horrible was we had a baby uh, and, a, and a toddler that was, you know, they're 13 months apart. I wasn't, I'm a light sleeper. Uh, and I was almost like the beginning of Fight Club for two, three years, like that, that first act where you're just like, am I awake or am I asleep? Uh, and I would try the, I would, I didn't create my own boundaries of working. Um, I didn't really work on myself because I thought it was selfish. Uh, I'm actually writing something about that right now for some, some content either for our company site or or I'll just put it on my, my website. But Hmm. you know, uh, routine is a lot. Freedom is the ultimate discipline. Is something I, I like, but you have to calibrate yourself. And I wasn't working out, and that's a big part of my life. I grew up playing sports and stuff, and me- I've realized mentally I have to do it every day. And yeah. I need to write write the to do list, and I need to write gratitude things. I need to assess the day at the end of the day. These things that are all nerdy and uh, and like you don't want to do, you find out, oh. Uh, I needed to do that. Even like down to your diet, like, mm-hmm. oh, I was just eating whatever's around kind of thing. And I think just eating garbage a lot, will just, if you're eating fast food a lot, I think it affected me a lot. Um, yeah. Just energy wise, you know? So yeah. it's a lot of that, but I, what the main thing was, uh, I forget if this is Catholicism or like old philosophy. I'm sure it's both, but it's like, uh, you know, the un, the unanalyzed life isn't worth living kind of thing. And so I wasn't doing that. And I used to do that, you know, used to sit on the porch, drink a little whiskey and kind of think about the day or, you know, whatever. But I, I, you know, I didn't make time for myself. I thought it was selfish. Yeah. So some of, some of those things I heard you say were bound, setting boundaries, self-care, self-analysis. Those are important to getting to the next step then. Yeah. Yeah. We, I mean, our podcast talks about the self-care stuff a lot because because a it was cathartic to talk about it the last couple of years so if anybody wants to go back and uh listen to me spinning my tires a little bit there's there's a lot of weird episodes in there but um it's because 
you find out the work you're doing isn't after a while, it's not as difficult as you think sometimes, right? If you're in kind of the profession, you know, you should be in or the, yeah. the sector you should be in. It's really a lot of the time it's being consistent and it's really having goals set out. I literally sat, sat down yesterday for a couple hours, turned off everything and go, okay, what are the goals for the week? What are they for the, the month? You know, what are they for the rest of the year? And that's shit that is like very diligent and detailed and proactive. And that's not my proclivity. I have to work really hard against that. And, uh, but I know when I do that consistently, those habits end up, the more I do, the more I can do. And yep. um, it, it, for me, it exponentially kind of works uh, hand in hand. Yeah. So speaking of goals and looking at the last three years that have been rough, what do, what does three years from now or five years from now look like for you? Um, get out of crippling debt from the divorce. <laughs> um, um, you know, I, I want to crush the benchmarks I have with MDI is a big one. Uh, the agency I'm, I'm with, uh, I'd like to do my own. I'll probably produce, produce and have my friends, uh, I'll produce, pay for my own kind of stand up special. Just do it somewhere small here in Tampa. Uh, and just, you know, see if I can get on YouTube and use my, cause I have a focus in uh, digital advertising for the last mm-hmm. 10 years. So let's see if I can use that on myself, which I, I have a bad, a lot of people, a lot of people in the marketing world are really bad about marketing themselves. 100%. Uh, and then with our podcast, I'd say that's, uh, you know, we have about 2000 strong, like high quality listeners, I'd say. Um, and we need, we know we can do a lot better. We just, again, routine, consistency, schedule, yeah. all those things. And uh, I'd like us to get to a point where I want to do like kind of another episode a week that's live and have people uh, FaceTime in and ask questions, like a love oh, line yeah. for business. So that's kind of like where my head's at yeah. without being too specific oh, yeah. or, um, or, or giving up some, you know. Yeah. Well, don't give away your secret sauce. I mean, I get that. No, no. I mean, it's just like, uh, I, I would say if anybody's listening, goals without dates and like trying to make them quantifiable don't work. So, right, right. so New Year's Eve, everyone's like, what are you, you going to do for your New Year's resolution? And like losing weight is like kind of your, what you want to do, but that's not a goal. Right. So if you're like, all right, I want to lose five pounds a month every month this year or something like that you know, that, that has timeline that has benchmarks, but that has 60 pounds by the end of the year. That's what I want to do. And so I, I heard that a long time ago and I was just thinking about that. Um, yeah. so it helps to kind of do that. A little yeah. bit more. Smart goals. Those are good. Um, so how can the leverage to scale community, uh, get on board with your success and help you reach those, uh, benchmarks and build that base and that kind of thing and really help you develop your vision? Where can we, where can we we help? Where can we step in? Uh, let's see. Um, you know, uh, yeah, leveraging, I was just, I had about 40 things go through my head. So I, I don't know if you've realized I've got ADD. It could be in a good direction sometimes. Uh, but sometimes you have like, it's like a bunch of kids waiting to get picked in dodgeball and they're like, me, 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 me. Uh, there's two, I don't know. And you pick the wrong kid. Um, uh, what's it called? I would say anybody that's listening can 
befriend me or connect with me on LinkedIn. Um, I, you can keep me accountable. I, my biggest thing with like the LinkedIn professional world, the digital world of the entrepreneurial things is a lot of people are full of shit. And, uh, I'll tell anybody when I fail and, um, they can keep me accountable. Uh, how about that? And yeah, sweat equity, uh, go on, we're on Apple podcasts, YouTube, Facebook, subscribe or like, or, you know, the, the way to get us the cheat code to get us up to podcast rankings. I don't know if you do this with the audience, but it's three parts. It takes 90 seconds. Uh, go on the Apple iTunes podcast app, subscribe, uh, give a five-star review and then write one little teeny sentence or phrase. Uh, and the most ridiculous stuff we'll say on air cause we don't care, but we just, nice. we just want to geek this. We would love it if our dick joke meets business podcast uh, gets in the business charts. That is one of our goals. All right. There you we go. Feel you like heard we, should, we feel like we shouldn't be there, you know? Yeah. You heard it here. Leverage the scale. Get those, uh, get, get those dick jokes and business acumen into the business category. I love it. Awesome. So that's sweat equity, the podcast. So yep. yeah. Awesome. Wow. This is, and this is a lot of fun uh, for those parties that you go to and they say, tell a joke, just, Tom, I'm going to tell you a story instead because you're very good. So I appreciate uh, it. We'll yeah. have to get we'll have to get your crew on our podcast and jam out. There uh, you go. Yeah, that'd be fun. Right on, man. Excellent, Law. Well, thanks, man. Appreciate being a part of Leverage to Scale, my man. so much for listening to the Leverage to Scale show. If you are a purpose-driven business owner or professional who would like to have a global impact by being interviewed on our show, please visit leveragetoscale.com forward slash guest. Now, if you got something out of this interview, would you do me a favor and share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on your favorite social network. If you do that, just be sure to tag us with a hashtag leverage to scale. Each month, we scour Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, and pick one winner from each platform. What do you win? We are going to promote you and your business to all of our social media fans totally free. Next, if you thought this was a valuable use of your time, please support the show and give us a thumbs up or a rating and review. We promise to read it all and take action. I believe that every person has a message that can positively impact the world. Your feedback helps us fulfill that mission. And while you're at it, hit that subscribe button. My name is Amber Vilhauer, and I thank you so much for your time. Let's connect on your favorite social channels. Thanks for listening. Thank you for being a part of the No Guts, No Glory movement.